Functional medicine, a chiropractic doctor asks, why are you sick, fat, and tired? With Dr. Pat Ballone. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Alternative Health Tools. This is your host, Kim Shea, on this side of the pond in Southern California. It is Wednesday, June 16th, 2021. And today I have the privilege of speaking with Dr. Pat Ballone. She's a coach, she's a physician, she's a speaker, a visionary, a thought leader, and the CEO of the Health Team Network. She's a certified functional medicine practitioner and a chiropractor. And as if that's not enough, she's also the author of Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? And that's what she's here to talk to us about today. Welcome, Dr. Pat, to the show. Thank you so much. That was really great. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, so tell me about your background. Who are you? Where did you come from? Well, um, I am, you know, they always say you can take the girl out of the Midwest, but you can't take the Midwest out of the girl. And so I am from the Midwest and, you know, I, I love engaging people in conversation and learning about them and helping motivate people to live better, think better, move better and, you know, get out of their way. You know, so many people are in their own way when it's just yeah. like, it's not productive, you know, stop doing that. Stop eating this. Stop thinking that. Stop doing it. It's just, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't really make sense to me. So I, you know, but I am from the Midwest and, you know, and I love to see people prosper. Is that why you and, chose medicine? Um, you know, it isn't medicine chose me. I mean, I think that, um, years ago when I was a kid, we used to play doctor, right? Every kid plays doctor. I was never the patient. I never died and I was never the nurse. I was always the doctor and I always had the solutions and the answers, you know? So, you know, do this, you know, and, you know, we did an experiment in the dead of winter and ate, you know, ice cream going down the street and it's like, oh, we're going to be cold. And I said, no, it will just acclimate our bodies to, you know, to the cold. So we won't be cold and we weren't cold. <laughs> wow. Like, you know, but then, you know, really that's all about your mindset, right? If you think it's going to be cold, it's going to be cold. That's why, you know, in the winter being from the East Coast and being up in the, you know, the Northeast, people ask me, what's the temperature? I have no clue. I never look. I just do my day. Wow. And, you know, and, you know, I don't let that, I've never let weather stop me from doing anything unless it was a hurricane <laughs> so, or <laughs> something like that. Stop. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. And the kids followed you when you did that? They just went along with you? My kids? No, the kids, the other kids that you were playing with. They just, oh, yeah. like, if you said, here's what we're doing, oh. they just oh, listened yeah. to you? Oh, yeah, those kids, yeah. I mean, it's just That's like pretty they, impressive. But, you know, we had, you know, somebody wanted to walk through a puddle of water one time. And I said, you can't see the bottom. I said, I wouldn't walk through it. I think it's dangerous. And sure enough, the person, when they went to walk through it, there was glass in there and the guy cut his foot. So we had to wrap him up, carry him home, get him to his mother. His mother took him to the hospital so he could get his foot all sewn up, you know, but the, um, you know, it's just common sense, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I still don't swim in water. I can't see the bottom. <laughs> so. Probably a good idea. But yeah, it also <laughs> right. seems like you're a natural leader from the time you were young. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what I'm picking up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
Okay. And it, what, how else, how else did you get to what you're doing then? How, where did you well, study? Was, what did you do? Well, I always went to the beat of a different drum, you know? So when, you know, I was telling my father that I didn't want to go to college, you know, this is undergraduate school. He popped me in the car and said, let's go to lunch in Detroit. Well, he just pulled off the road before we got to Detroit and found the street that the riot started in Detroit on. And he, I always tell a story because if it wasn't for him in that moment, if he would have said, okay, you don't have to go to school, it isn't important. I never would have done it. And um, so he said, get out, walk down the street, pick a house on the street. And this is the street where the riot starts. There's hardly anything left over. There's like maybe three houses on the street. He goes, I'll buy whichever one you want because I saved all this money up for you to go to school. And he said, so if you don't want to go to school, this is where you're going to live. And I went, I'll go to the school of your choice. I mean, it was like a <laughs> second for me to make that decision. I'll go to the school of your choice. So I went to college. And then when I was sorting out what is it that I really want to do, because I'm naturally drawn to science courses anyway, um, I said to him, you know, I, one day I said, Dad, I think I'm going to go to chiropractic school. <laughs> and he goes, why do you want to do that? And I said, well, because, you know, it's healing without, you know, there's no medicine. You know, you're like helping people live better. You know, you get them out of pain. And, you know, and, and, I, and he just said, chiropractors are quacks. And I said, Dad, you have a master's. <laughs> you know, the ducks quack, chiropractors don't quack. And so it, it was one of those, like, you know, being at odds. And he said, if you want to go, you're going to do it on your own. So I said, all right, I'm going. Never looked back. And I went, I figured out how to get student loans. I applied for those. And I went and some of the people who I've met in school there are, you know, still my dear friends that when I started out in 1981 being at school. So that's how I kind of got there. You know, I worked in the University of Michigan Hospital as a patient relations advocate. So I used to see people when they first came to the hospital, are you missing anything? Do you need anything? You need a toothbrush? You know, what, what do you need? Lotion? And I would help them get that. That was my independent study before I graduated. And um, I just found my observation was that it was horrible inside. The colors of the hospital at that time were like not spa <laughs> material. And people were sad. The only people who were happy in that whole hospital were people in the maternity ward. Mm. And those were the only people who had that, you know, that joie de vie, like, oh, babies, you know, everyone loves babies. You know, even if you don't like babies, if you went up there and you think like, you know, you're seeing all these people, they were so overjoyed to have a new addition. That's really Yeah. yeah. Oh. So uh. I quit. I got fired. <laughs> I told somebody to that um, one day when I was walking around and I got into my um, independent study early <laughs> um, is I somebody was in the cancer ward and they asked and they said, like, I don't think I know you being from the Midwest. <laughs> I don't think I know you. <laughs> and so, know you know, and he just said, well, he goes, you're never going to know me because they told me I was going to die. And I said, well, this is the last place I'd be. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I just said it before <laughs> I could close my mouth. I put my foot in my, my mouth. And when I finished my day, that person left the hospital on their own accord. And um, they said, you know, and it, they, he said that some, you know, he cited the conversation and he made his decision because if he was going to die, he was going to die doing something that he liked to do. Good for him. And now. so I just went, yes. You know, and then I was sitting there and she said, we can't have this. 
It's a business. So, it's a business. And so, you know, but I left, I left there and I went to chiropractic school and I really never looked back. I used to get headaches all the time. I've had shoulder problems. I had, um, and like when I first started going to school there and I started getting adjusted, it was like, wow, the light went on nice. <laughs> and really, you know, from dimmer to like ultra bright. And, and so it was just the right decision. And, you know, I had really great teachers and mentors through my education. And after I started my practice with my husband at the time, um, it was just everything just really fit together really well. And it was, you know, and it was fun. I mean, it was like you got, I got to do something all day long that I like to do a talk and B, you know, I help people, you know, go like when they get up going, like, wow, the pain's gone or, you know, I don't have the flu anymore. Call me up. Cause I used to adjust people when they got the flu and I would adjust them and they'd call me up later on going, I don't have the flu. I only have one symptom. I don't know what the heck you did, but you did. That was really great. So those are things I learned from my mentors about how did, how do you really deal with that? You know, and, and if I would have went the Western medicine route, I probably would have been a general practitioner because there's no good general practitioners anymore. I mean, they're, they are yeah. probably out there, but it didn't seem like, you know, everyone was specializing, you know, mm -hmm. and that's just, you know, that's always leads you in the wrong direction almost every time. I mean, you really have to, you know, pay attention and you can't treat all people the same way. Yeah. There is a shortage too. Yeah. So to back up here a second. So to me, a chiropractor is somebody who adjusts your spine and, and you're saying you help somebody with the flu. So could you define better for me what a chiropractor does for your dad and for all of us to for my help dad. us understand well, what my dad, it is? My dad's in spirit now, but, <laughs> um, but you know, when a chiropractor looks at if structure is function, then if you don't have structure, then you don't have function. You will lose function as you go along. So okay. your mechanics of your body and your posture are essential for how your organ system works. And your organ system is, you know, the power comes from the brain, which is encased in your skull. And it communicates going down the spinal cord. And from the spinal cord are spinal nerves that go to every organ tissue and cell in your body. So by adjusting, if there's a misalignment, could be putting pressure or could be, we'll use the word pressure, or if the segments are um, not in junction with the one above or below is called a subluxation, then you can adjust that segment and to relieve that nerve pressure. So you have more of an opportunity to express health and not, you know, disease and illness. Wow. Okay. That's really interesting. Thank you. Yeah. So where did functional medicine come in? Oh, where did that come in. You know, there's a guy that another mentor um, and um, that I started in the early 90s, uh, started to talk about functional medicine and everyone's going, what's that? You know, it's a new branch of medicine that's coming out. And it really looks at the bio individuality of the person. Well, the person who coined, who's the grandfather of functional medicine is Jeff Bland. He has a PhD, he's an MD. He is off the chart smart. So if you ask him a question, it's like an hour later, you're like, he's still working on the answer and explains you all the idiosyncrasies of that answer. He's absolutely beyond brilliant. And I started following him. I, I always told him, I saw him, I said, I'm stalking you. <laughs> I said, and because I go, and I can't tell you how many people from the information that he gave me and gave other people that, you know, help my patients, you know, get over things that they didn't have to experience, like a lot of fatty degenerative diseases that go back to the liver. 
you know, and other chronic illness and diseases, you know, like heart disease, you know, hypertension, you know, um, diabetes, uh, you know, Alzheimer's, obesity. I mean, the list is long. It keeps getting yeah. longer and longer. Oh. So you can go back and you can get, you know, help people express better health by taking care of, you know, in functional medicine, taking care of the bio individually of the person, you know, and, and to me, I always say, fix the gut, change your life. Because if you fix your gut, then your liver has an opportunity to work better. And when someone is getting rid of the function, because that's what it does, the function of detox, then it puts those things into your, you know, intestinal tract or into the bladder to leave in the toilet. It doesn't get recycled if your gut's healthy and to, and then get stored in blood, brain, bone, and fat, because that's where toxins are stored and they go deep. So, you know, knowing that if you like know the, you know, the mechanics of like, you know, what, where's the weakest link and what do you have to do for that weakest link? Like, okay, so it's the gut, the fix the gut, <laughs> you know, and like, do not be taking melatonin because you can't sleep. There's a reason what's going on in the gut, you know, and also when you take the melatonin too, but you know, putting those pieces of the puzzle together for somebody has always been something that I love to do because I wake up in the morning wanting to fix things and wanting to solve problems and wanting to find a better, simpler, faster way, you know, so you get unstuck, you move forward and you get on with the rest of your life. I mean, like, okay, did that, done that, let's move on, you know, and it just, it gives me, you know, my passion is like, I love the puzzle and, and no matter, even if it's not even about health, you know, cause I talk to people about other things that affect your health too, like mindset, exercise, positive mental attitude, um, you know, diet and nutrition, all those pieces of the puzzle have got to all be there and they all have to have some substance. So you at least have something to work with, you know, mental illness, the gut, you know, it always goes back to the gut, the gut brain axis is huge. It's, I've, I've heard that before. I think, um, I think somebody referred to it as even being like the second brain of the body. The, the it, gut is, there's yeah. a lot going on down there. There's a lot going on, yeah. you know, and when it gets disrupted, you know, it takes, you know, it, you've got to be mindful about like, how am I going to reconstruct the gut? You're like, what mm. is it? What is it? Or where in the gut do I have a problem? And how do I fix that problem in relationship to keeping everything up together and strong? Okay. So let me come up to your, there's a lot I want to ask you, but let me come up to your book if that's okay with you. Anything um, you want to do is fine with me. Okay, so your book is is essentially a workbook, and it's called "Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired," and it's a workbook. And it, looking through all the different questionnaires in there, and they're not they're not long; they're just thorough. I mean, there's several oh, yeah. pages, but uh -huh. they're big. They're thorough. I don't want it to sound like it's daunting because it's not. Every page is a separate worksheet in there. And um, you cover all aspects of physical and mental health, asking people to evaluate where they are. And then they can follow up with you for a consultation to try and understand what's going on. So tell me about how you came to even do that book. I, I have not seen a book like that before. You know, I've been told that by a lot of people. Um, and even you know, Tom O'Brien, who's in California, he's a chiropractor and functional medicine doctor out there. He said he never saw anybody do the book like this. Hmm. And he goes, there's a bunch of questions. I go, I know. How are you supposed to get the answers? You got to start with basics. And so I always talk about go back to basics, put the cart and not in front of the horse, put the horse in front of the cart. So you've got to know where you, when you've got 
that crap hits the fan or just everyday stuff, you've got to know where you're starting in your process. So when you know where you're starting in your process, then you can like, you know, you can move forward, you know where to start your health journey. So it doesn't matter what your diagnosis is, it matters how you're responding in your environment to whatever it is that you have going on. So the book came about because um, someone told me one day, they go, oh, you're going to write a book. And I said, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> and they said, oh, yes, you are. So no, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know, and they go, you have so much information, blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't decide what to write a book on. And one night I woke up and I just said, because that day I had a, a client say to me, I go, how come? Because it just added on another 20 minutes onto a call. And I'm not done with a call until I'm done with a call, whatever we were, what we goal to go through that day. And so, you know, I, I said, why didn't you answer this? Because I didn't understand what it meant. And I woke up in the middle of the night, went like, aha, there's my book, you know, <laughs> happy dancing around my bedroom. And because what I did is I took those questions, I took a bunch of questionnaires that I had from when I first started out, and I, you know, made them congeal together into one questionnaire. And I asked a bunch of questions about each organ system, and figured out how to use the grading scale that I already had, and incorporate that in that. So what it does is it it's a workbook guidebook It's an advocating tool. You can use this book to go to your doctors and say like, Hey, it's someone who understands functional or lifestyle medicine, helpful. Um, you know, and say like, Hey, I've got these issues going on because a lot of times what you got isn't what you got. You have symptoms, signs and symptoms, but you don't have signs and symptoms for, um, you know, it's just like you have signs and symptoms for a certain thing, which in Western medicine, they would treat it all as the same thing which leads people down the wrong direction every time. And so the getting to where the finding the bio individuality of the person, you know, helps in how they're expressing their health at a certain time. So those questionnaires, there's 11 organ systems. I equate those 11 organ systems to a Swiss watch. So every one of those things have got to be working together. You know, the Swiss watch, when you visualize it, has all these gears in it and they all work together. When the gear gets broken, it affects the whole watch. Same thing with your health and same thing with your organ systems. So when you have a cardiovascular system that's, you know, not doing well, your detoxification system is going to do well because you're going to have high cholesterol you know, and then you have circulation problems and that cholesterol is being moved by circulation, you know, and stuck someplace, you know, in some blood vessel in your body. So if you know how to recreate in, and know where to focus on and where to start your health journey, then you can have better results and you can have faster results because you're not wasting your time, energy or your money someplace else and taking some medication that's only dealing with symptoms and not the root cause. Can you give me an example of something where there might be something where there's some symptoms, but I'm trying to rephrase what you said, but um, where you've got some of these symptoms, but that's not, if you took it to a Western doctor, they might think, well, that's this and we're going to treat this symptom, but they're missing the bigger picture. Can you give an example of what type of diagnosis that might be or problem? Um, well, the, they're missing the why. Okay. You know? So, okay. For instance, if you take high blood pressure, we know that you can take, there's certain prills, they all in the prill, you know, that um, are for high blood pressure meds and they will take care of your blood pressure, but it doesn't take care of the problem. Mm. There are, you know, natural supplements like B12 and some other, you know, supplements like that, that take care of, you know, 
uh, of your of the high blood pressure also you know um whatever they are and so but the thing is you got to figure out like why do you have the problem in the first place you know so it's okay to deal with the symptoms and i'd rather take something natural as opposed to something that has that for one person is a poison another person is you know it, it gives them life you know for a long-term thing and, and a lot of medications you know when you start taking them they create other side effects so when they create the side effects then you're get, taking another medication and they say it by the average of the time someone's 50 years old at least like five years ago that they're taking five medications by the age of 50. Mm. so you know and looking at in the western medicine frame you know they're treating the cause of the disease but that's in their box that's how they know that do medicine they don't know how to do that outside like for instance i can give you a very good example and a true example of a colleague of mine had a patient who was bleeding um in her intestinal tract and so she had blood in her stools quite frequently for 10 years they were treating her and they couldn't figure out like what was the cause of the problem they couldn't fix it so they finally said to her hey you know what now we have to like you know we're going to have to put in a bag we're going to have to do surgery we're going to um you know you're, you're not going to be able to go swimming with your kids you can't play with your kids anymore and there was a whole list of things and she said well you know because they tried alternative stuff that some of it worked some of it didn't but they had to find out what was causing her intestinal problems so the doctor who she chose to go to said have you ever had a food you know reactivity test done and she said no and so when they looked at what her food was that she really liked her most favorite food was avocados when she stopped eating avocados the bleeding stopped in her gut healed so we can have things that go on with our bodies and unless you like you know it's like i don't like to guess i test you know and then i can make a better idea about like you know hey we should do this or you know and so the first test is the questionnaire in this book because then you can say like what kind of blood work up do i need to support that you know as opposed to just saying oh let's just do this <laughs> you know and or like you know um you know or asking your friend like you know i have a lot of bloating lately in you know, and, and she said, like, didn't you have that? And I remember you talking about that. Oh, yeah, it goes away. But six months later, a year later, you still have gut problems. And, and they're prevalent. You know, anybody who has allergies, you know, when someone tells me they have allergies, I said, so I go, you have gut problems, right? Like, you, sometimes you have, like, really difficulty, you get bloated. They're going, how do you know that? And because those things just go together. You know, it's like, you know, birds of a feather flock together. It's just like that same thing in your body. Things that, you know, if this happens, then these other things have got to happen. There's no reaction. It doesn't have a reaction someplace, you know. And so it's just finding the pieces of the puzzle and putting them back in the right place. So people can have other symptoms, you know, like they can have a cough, you know, and the cough can like, oh, why are you having a cough? So, um, the cough could be because they have irritation in their throat. They could have a cough because they're allergic to something. They could have cough from having inhalation because they're inhal inhalating like Roundup or something or other chemicals that are in your house, like the chemicals that you use in your body, you know, excuse me, in your house. But, you know, when you look at the three reasons why people basically get sick, one is trauma, the other one's toxin, and the other one's thoughts. So the trauma are things like overuse syndrome, you have an accident, you have a fender bender, you're carrying your backpack, you know, incorrectly, you have bad posture, or you're born. Nine out of 10 kids when they're born have some type of cervical damage in their neck. That's why you go to a chiropractor. 
You know, that's one of the first reasons why you go. And that's where that first part of inflammation comes in. And all these three things have inflammation as an end result too. So in the toxins, it's the water you drink, the air that you breathe, the food that you eat, the cleaning chemicals, the gardening stuff, you know, and using the appropriate, you know, the appropriate, like, cause you can get rid of weeds using Dawn and some vinegar and some remedy like that. It's searchable and it can go in the same container and it's probably a lot less money, you know, and then you have, you know, the other things, part of the thoughts. So like, if you're like ruminating, can't sleep, you're like, you know, feel like you're pulling your hair out, like you're so stressed. And we all feel like that sometimes. But the idea is to like get a hold and get, get a handle on those thoughts. So it doesn't interfere with how you're digesting your food, how you're sleeping, how you're exercising, how you're eating and being able to digest your food. Because we all know when you're upset, you don't digest your food. You know, it's just like, you know, it's just like, it's just, you know, yeah, it sits there and putrefies. And, you know, and so it like, and or the things, because thoughts can handle, can change mechanical things. It can also change chemical things in the configuration in your body. And so that's why looking at having those pieces of the puzzle together for, you know, mental, physical, spiritual, and social well-being are so essential, you know, and it's possible. You can have it. It's not something that's a dream. So let me ask you then, if you go see a general practitioner, you might get 10 minutes in the office with them. 15. 15. Okay. And so there's not much time to cover all this. But what I like about your book, I don't know how much time you have to, how much time you spend with somebody, but if somebody just even got the book and filled it out and just, I think it would make you more aware of all the different things that were going on in your body if you were regularly tuning into that. And um, I think it would help you so much to be able to go to your doctor and go, look, I've got, you know, these three things here are concerning right now. I've, I've thought this all through as opposed to if you're in the doctor's office and they ask you, how are you doing? And you're trying to remember, but you're, you're not going to hit all the specifics if you're just trying to remember it. But this, these questionnaires are so thorough and they're not hard questions at all. Right. It's just asking you to stop and think about it. You know, is this bothering you or, and, and uh, how often is it bothering you? So um, how, how long would a, a functional medicine doctor or a chiropractor, how long would they spend with a client, a patient? Well, the average chiropractic office clinic is 15, 15 minutes also. But oh, the, okay. the, the difference is, it's like when you're going to a chiropractor, they're talking and doing something at the same time. I see. Right. All right. And the other thing is, is that when someone goes in, you know, like these questions, you know, somebody once said to me, like, you know, like those are the most thorough questions. My doctors never asked me those. Because no. usually when they do system survey, they will say like, hey, how's your lungs doing? Breathing okay? I've had a cold recently or anything like that. They don't really dive deep into that. This mm -hmm. dives deep into each organ system. So like, you know, like, you know, I've been told by uh, people who have reviewed the book that I didn't miss anything. They can't find something that I miss, which I was like, it was one of those haha moments saying, yeah. Yeah. Um, but for people, when they go into the doctor's office, this book's a great advocating tool because what it does is it makes you focus on where you have an issue. And so starting that conversation with somebody, a doctor, you know, a medical doctor, if they are a medical traditional medicine doctor, you know, or a functional medicine doctor, because I don't know how long their appointments are, but generally speaking, if you're going to get paid from an insurance company, it's 15 minutes long, unless you have an extended visit and you have to, you have to document the extended visit. So when I coach, I always spend a minimum of a half hour. So I have a lot more time to like have those conversations, you know, and I ask questions that are important to me 
to that are important to them so they can tell me something in a short fact. When you go into a regular doctor's office as a general practitioner, they're saying like, what's the matter? And so as soon as you start talking, they cut you off. And so all of a sudden your 15 minutes is used up and you never, ever, ever got to ask the questions that you really want. So I always like, don't think those questions, put them on a piece of paper, hand it to them and tell them, I want answers to this question. Mm. You know, and because then you're coming in prepared and it puts them on notice that, hey, I've done my homework and I'm paying, you know, like I did a telemedicine um, call with a physician earlier this year. I think it was this, this year or maybe it was last summer. Um, and it was 800 bucks for 15 minutes to chit chat and show my hand, you know, and I'm thinking, Oh my God. I said, I thought when I got that bill, you know, I thought, Oh my God, I go, I'm doing the wrong thing. <laughs> and so, you know, but there's a way to, you know, they, they bill out, but you know, you only have so much conversation with them. You're not there to be their friend and you could care less mm -hmm. if they're your friend, but you do want them to be polite to you and you want them to listen to you 150%. And to get their attention, you've got to use the right language. You got to use their language almost. And so that they, like their ears perk up and saying, Hey, this person actually did their research because anything's researchable on, you know, Google, you know, or, yeah. you know, Bing or who, whatever, you know, platform that you use to do that. The question is whether or not it's solid information and whether or not it's really updated. And so, you know, but, but asking those questions, that's why I always say this book's a workbook guidebook and it is a, you know, an advocating tool. Like you wouldn't go to some foreign country and not have a guidebook or hire a guide, really, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I know sometimes um, Google can be a kind of a touchy subject with some doctors. They don't want to hear that you looked up Google, but others respect it and they understand that you're just trying to be an active player in uh -huh. your own healthcare. And so it's always worth doing some research. But yeah, you can find some wacky stuff out there. You've got to learn to really keep researching to make sure you're getting the, the general medical consensus so you know it's legitimate. But you had... Um, a, do you have tips for practitioners that you well, could tell other doctors? <laughs> you know, um, one of the things I would tell other doctors is, hey, this is a great book to have in your office because you don't have to do system survey. Um, and, it, you know, it's more thorough. So you, you get a better immediate history of somebody. So, you know, telling other doctors, you know, I, I gave a talk out in California in Burlingame um, in 2018 to a large moderate sized group of um, functional medicine doctors because they wanted to know how to do their office better, you know? And so, you know, this thing is just this like, you know, hey, if you've got a front desk person that's a pain in the butt, fire them, you know, because, you know, people, when people are asked like, well, why did you not, you know, why'd you stop coming here? You know, and, you know, it's just like the person said, I can't stand the front desk person, mm. you know? And so it was easier to find another doctor. And because the, the woman who, when I went out there, I was searching for a great title for that talk. And this person I was sitting next to and waiting for a friend of mine to have dinner. She was ranting and raving about how much she loved her doctor. And I said, tapped her on the shoulder. I said, I'll buy you a drink if you tell me why you love your doctor. <laughs> and so she said, um, and she said, well, my doctor just gets me. So what that means to me is that that doctor listens to her. When she says, I ache here, they come over and touch that, where do you ache? You know, and then, you know, work while they're talking to them, work around that point. And, and so 
having, you know, an office, you know, simple things like, you know, having an office that's updated, not old magazines, <laughs> you know, is helpful, especially when people are, are coming back out and going to physicians offices right now. Um, and, you know, and, and also, you know, being warm and being really genuine, you know, I did a, a, a friend of mine who was a physician in New York City one time called me up. He said, are you a person or are you a human being? And I said to him, I think I'm a human being. And so he's like the person part of it, it had a negative connotation to me. So I took that and I ran with it that day. I asked everybody I ran into in Boston that would talk to me, are you a person or a human being? Are you a person or a human being? And everybody answered me. Nobody said, you're crazy. I'm not going to talk to you and walk <laughs> away. But one person out of everybody that I asked, and I probably asked around 100 people, one person said they were both. And when they said they were both, I said, you must be a medical doctor. And he goes, I am. How did you know that? <laughs> you know, because you have to sometimes you have to be able to listen with empathy, but at a distance, because what happens is, it's like we all know that when someone tells you a tragic story, you take on that energy and you're tired and you're exhausted. So if you're seeing a lot of patients, you have to listen at a distance, you know, but listen with a lot of empathy. Um, and so that, you know, and, and so people feel like they're heard. And you also like being approachable is a huge thing. I mean, those little things go a long way. The front desk person going a long way. And if there's an issue, pick it up and pick the phone up. I mean, it's just like return your phone calls. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, sometimes you run out of time in a day because there's only so much one person can do. But, you know, it's just like, you know, doing those like, you know, those little things because people do not follow you, do not follow your recommendations, are not going to buy into it unless they respect you and trust you. You know, it's just like, you lose my trust, I'm gone. Mm. You know, so in like, you know, I'm my word. I'm going to tell you I'm going to do something. And if I didn't do it, something happened. You know, before jumping to conclusions, find out what happened first before you decide, I'm done. I'm walking. I'm out of here. But, you know, there's there's things that happen for people. So like doctors, you know, like there's your tons of things that you need, like, that need to know. Just because you were taught it in Western medicine school, you know, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You know, like the taking the melatonin, people is like, oh, yeah, you can take melatonin. They don't tell you that it's not good to take melatonin during the daytime. You want to take it about an hour before you go to sleep. You know, it's because that's when melatonin surges in your body naturally. You know, so mm -hmm. like if you're taking it in the morning, you're still going to be depleted at night, you know. And so there's always that level of education. You know, no one can blame anybody for something that they know. What I say is if you think that your doctor, if it doesn't make sense to you, you need to ask questions. They don't answer your questions, change doctors. Mm, you know, and because it, it goes both it goes both ways. I mean, it's just like somebody asked me if I could teach people how to talk to doctors. And I could, you know, and I'd rather advocate for them and just say, like, hey, let's brainstorm this out. Like, what's the best thing for you to ask them? You know, now, you know, because you ask the right question, you get the right answers. If you ask the wrong question, you're making decisions off of things that might not be true. Okay. All right. That's helpful. Um, could you, it sounds like, I mean, there's stuff you're relying on your doctor, but also there's things you have to do for yourself too. Mm -hmm. Some of it has to be your responsibility, researching, but how else can you, how else can you live? What lifestyle can you use to make sure that you're maintaining your health on your part? You what have can the to, patient do? Well, the patient can eat better. 
You know, it's just like you, you have total control of what goes in your mouth. So if you're thinking like, I'm going to have comfort food, most comfort food probably is not good for you to eat. It makes you feel mentally good because the lizard guy and the lizard, there's the three brains that people have, you know, the lizard brain over here is going, eat it. You've had a hard day. You deserve that pizza and ice cream. The guy over here, you know, the mammalian brain, which is the relational brain and also the brain, the rational brain is going like, whoa, buddy, you eat that. You're not going to feel good. You're not going to sleep well. You're going to toss and turn all night long. And tomorrow you're going to wake up feeling grumpy. And it's just like, but the reward, the lizard guy is going, yeah, but it's now like live for the moment. And so the other guys are going like, no, no, no. What you have to do is you have to say, yo, lizard brain, the only time that you're welcome is when I'm in front of a saber toothed tiger. You know, <laughs> I'm going to get hit by a car. I'm going to have, I'm going to fall. You know, I need you to respond then. You know, I'm done with the primitive talk because it's not productive. It's not successful. And it's not motivating me to get past my whatever it is. So when you have a good thing happen to you, you should reward yourself. Tap yourself on one shoulder all the time. You know, if you relate that feeling and that memory to your thinking brain, like when I eat a Mediterranean diet and I have, you know, a good source of protein with vegetables and not too many fruits, then I like, I feel great. I feel on top of the world. And I am unstoppable, you know, and if I do that for, 21 days and I repeat that process for 90 it's called the 21 90 day rule um, then you know you can do it another 90 because the average person to create a ritual or a new behavior takes anywhere from 18 to 265 or 50 days or something like that which is about eight and a half months and you're thinking eight and a half months my gosh who the heck wants to try this for eight and a half months to find out that i'm not going to be able to do it well if you tell yourself you're not going to be able to do it you won't do it but the thing is is that it takes an average of 66 days to make a behavior into a ritual and to change be able to change a behavior so it's automatic so it just you have to be committed and be like committed to you and committed to your health that you that you are the most important person because you can't, without your health, you can't do jack crap anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's, it's just like when you're like struggling, you're struggling. A lot of it is self-induced. It's like, why would you beat yourself up like that? Right? Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, that lizard brain, when he's like barking, you know, you kick him off your shoulder. And, you know, the, and the other thing is the reason why you say affirmations before you go to sleep and affirmations when you get up because the lizard brain's not up yet. You know, mm. he's like going like, ah, oh, it's time to go to sleep. It's like, oh, it's better to go to sleep. You know, like I can stay up late and watch the movie. You know, um, he's the bad guy. You know, I had a funny thing that happened in a grocery store recently and I was standing there and I had two broccolis in my hand. One was organic and the other one was, it was inorganic, like GMO stuff. And this woman, I turned around, looked at this woman. I said, hey, you have, this is like dating. I said, you have broccoli and you have broccoli. One's the good guy and one's the bad guy. One's organic, one's not organic. And I said, so I go, if you date the good guy, the guy's nutritious, he has your back. He wants to make sure you know that you're here water walked and fed. 
you know, and because that makes you happy. So that makes him happy. The other guy's the bad guy, the guy who takes you out and just like, let's go dancing at 11 o'clock. You're going, oh, I'm tired. I got to get up tomorrow morning. He's going, come on. There's this really cool nightclub. You know, let's go out dancing. We can go dancing there. And he keeps you out the two o'clock in the morning. And you get home, you get up and you are dragging the next day. What guy do you want to go out with? <laughs> you know, and the woman says to me, which one's the organic broccoli? You know, and, and she said, grabbed it from my hand. She goes, thank you. And she goes, I've never heard anybody equate broccoli and dating before. You know? <laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like, but you get the analogy, you know, mm -hmm. and pretty strongly. So, you know, choosing, you have complete control over your thoughts and you have complete control over your foods. If you've got a thought that's not working for you and it's interrupting how you sleep, how you think, how you feel and how you move, then you have to ask yourself, what's bothering me? And I, can I do something about it right now? And if it is, if you're sleeping, get up and turn the light on and go do it. And then when you get done, you get back in bed. You say, okay, I give myself permission to go to sleep. I'm going to go to sleep. and I'm going to wake up feeling 150%. You know, because you're giving your body, you go, like, the lizard guy's not around. <laughs> you know, he's like sleeping. He's, not, he's, he's like someplace else. So when you do that, it puts a positive mode. So you wake up with a positive thought. You wake up with a positive motion, you know, like wake up and have hydrate, have that 16 ounce glass of water, you know, so that it, because your heart loves it, your internal organs love it, your brain loves it, the joints like it. Hydration is such a big component to all the pillars of health. It's just, it's, it's essential. So um, I hope I answered your, your question. <laughs> you did. Thank you. Yeah, and there is a lot of thought that goes into everything, but it's what we have to do to take good care of ourselves. We, I know most people say that you take better care of your car than you do of your body, which yeah. is silly. So, Well, a lot yeah. of people are always thinking that they can fix it later on. And the problem is, is that when later on comes as a crisis. So I don't promote crises. I want to promote like, okay, so something happened. Let's fix it. You know, let's see if we have to manage it now or if it's going to be a perpetual problem, then you manage it. You go like, you know, do things that, you know, make your life happier. You know, people want to spend time with their grandkids. They want to spend time with their kids, you know, and they want to be able to do it with some joie de vie. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like you, you don't want to go like, oh, yeah, I've got to go to the soccer game again and sit. You know, you should be up there going, yes, you know, and, and like supporting whoever it is in your family that's playing soccer or just supporting whoever because you can. Um, it's just it's a different, you know, mindset, you know, in moving what I call from the world being flat to the world being round because you have to be accountable and you have to take care of yourself. It's not a big deal. You just have to make like, how can I make better decisions you know, what's the best thing for me to do? What's the most simplest diet for me to follow that I don't have to count, you know, anything, you know, it's the Mediterranean diet. It's not, you know, rocket science. And also, you know, when you're doing, it's like at some point in time, you're like, okay, am I full? You know, do I need to eat anymore? You know, and so that you're, you know, you're more cognizant of your personal environment. That's important. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. And, and what you're saying about, well, I'll take care of it later. I, I have young adult children and mm -hmm. teens, and I'll talk about well, 
I've got some pizza the other night. They wanted pizza and I got some that was a whole grain crust and they were so disappointed, so bitterly disappointed. <laughs> I said, you know, at some point you do need to try and move away from some of the things that you like to eat. You know, white flour is yummy, but it's not really good for you. And I'm trying to help you so that you have a healthier intestine overall and your gut's healthier as you get older. I'm just trying to protect you from having problems that a lot of people my age and older had because we didn't, we didn't eat that way. And they don't you know that's, that's, that's tomorrow's news. We don't need to know about it right now. But um, so what if somebody comes to you and they've got, or do you want to comment on that? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it reminded me of a, a short story. Um, I was supposed to go over on this Moria, you know, um, one year for this race that's famous in the East coast on Memorial day weekend. And this guy goes, no, no, we need weight. <laughs> I go like how much weight? I weigh 150 pounds. If it's, I go, you need more than that. I'm the wrong girl. I'm going to go on this other boat because I brought a bottle of champagne. We're going to have fun, you know, in the sun. And we had really bad weather. And by the time we got to where we ended up the race at, the boat was totally trash and drenched with water. Wow. So the race committee person said, you can stay in our place. And so the next morning I got up, this is what I think you should say to your kids. Um, got up and they, I said, oh, I said, I can make breakfast. I'm, I do eggs awesome, you know? So when I first started cooking, I didn't realize how famous and important these people were as part of being in the race committee um, because everybody stopped by and everyone that came in the front door, I went, what kind of eggs do you want? You know, they went out to the grocery store three times and they must've bought like, I must've went through like six dozen eggs. <laughs> and, you know, I said, and I got to some point in time because I was making them over easy, you know, flipping them over hard, scrambling, blah, blah, blah. I was, I was making this whole thing. I had French toast going. I had this whole thing. Wow. I, I like to cook, you know, so um, at some point in time, I would say, what kind of eggs do you want? You know, and they go, oh, scrambled good. Like, can you do up? Yeah, I can do up, you know, and I go, what kind do you want? You know, and over medium. Um, can you put some cheese on it? Sure. No problem. I made scrambled eggs and I said, here's your over medium with cheese. Here's your, <laughs> you know, here's your up. I said, this is what it is. You know, it's just like, and so, you know, I think that a lot of times, you know, um, you know, the, like we try to teach our children and we try to teach others how to get past something. I think just doing it and just saying, this is what's on the table, you know, and it's just because, you know, it's just like, was it that bad? You know, it's that lizard brain talking, mm. you know, it's just, and it's just like, you know, Hey, you know, we're having whole wheat pizza or we're having whole grain pizza. What are your favorite toppings? You know, and just say like, you can, you can pick your favorite toppings, but we're having whole wheat pizza. How do you want it? <laughs> I put pepperoni on it. I mean, I got pepperoni, you know, yep. so, but, and it was, it was a beer whole grain crust. I mean, it was actually very yummy and chewy, but their lizard brains are really big. They, I mean, they're just not, they're, they're they'll, focused on the they'll, lizard they'll, brain. They will, they will get there. They want immediate satisfaction now. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want them to get to the crisis point. Yep. So that's interesting. Um, could you explain Einstein time? Yes, I can. Um, Einstein's time is my favorite time of the day. And I like to stay in it as much as possible. So when you do Newtonian time, it's like, you know, we had an appointment for when we were going to do this podcast today mm -hmm. and, and record it. And so, you know, when I'm looking at my schedule, I'm going, oh, I've, I've got to like still do my stuff for the, the national, you know, for the NCCOM, for my acupuncture diplomate to renew it. And how much of this can I get done? Blah, blah, blah. Before then, instead of looking at the time, I just signed on to your here 
earlier and I figured I would hear your voice and I knew that I would have to stop whatever I was doing. I had to put it aside. So I didn't stress out about it. And I mm -hmm. ended up uploading 10 things that I could needed to upload, not done, um, for my recertification. Uh, and, you know, so it's just like, it's just like not being bogged down. You know, somebody asked me about doing some, you know, promotion for them that I, I was going to do. I couldn't do it because I didn't have a computer for seven days because my computer completely wiped out. And so I just got it really running back today, you know, so, you know, I'll be posting that information for them, you know, going forward, but I couldn't do it beforehand because of that issue. Um, you know, so it's just put it like, you know, getting those things and, you know, piecing them together in a good way, you know, that is, you know, that keeps you productive. You know, so like, for instance, you have kids, if your kids were at college and saying, mom, I got to talk to you and you're going to say to them on the phone, what, what about, and they're going, no, I want to talk to you in, in person. So whatever you're doing in the back of your mind, rummaging through that thought process, you're going, I wonder what she wants to talk to me about. Hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I should try to call up. No, 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 I'm not going to call up because she'll get upset. Oh, no. It's just like, oh, it's two hours. She should have been here by an hour and a half. Like, oh, my God, I'm sure they got an accident, you know, and you like and you kind of like play out the all these scenarios in your head. That's Newtonian time. It's That's sucking your time. energy and it's not productive. <laughs> yeah. Einstein's yeah. time is going like, OK, so as soon as she walks in the door. You're going, oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. And she and you go like, what took you so long? Oh, I stopped to get gasoline. And then I decided to get something to eat, you know, and I didn't have good cell reception. So I, you know, sat there for a half hour talking to my boyfriend, whoever. Um, and so I just got here now. And you're relieved and you're trying to do something for your business. And so you've been distracted the whole time and you can't do it after you have this bonding and this nice moment and you have this uplifting vibe between the two of you, then what happens is you get into Einstein's time, you do your work and you do it in half the time. Hmm. It's, yeah. it's just more efficient. You know, it's a more efficient use of your energy. It's like being in your vortex. It's like getting all the things that you want without, you know, we all know that story about that. When you're, you know, when you're in sync with yourself, you know, you're on top of the world, you mm -hmm. know, and when you start struggling, you're going, I'm off purpose. Yeah. You know, that's, oh, that's, that's the thing to pay attention to. <laughs> okay. All right. That's valuable. Thanks. And also if you could explain the Grim Reaper syndrome. Grim Reaper syndrome are signs and symptoms that you don't pay attention to, but you should. Um, Such as? Um, well, things like, you know, floaters in your eye. You didn't have uh, floaters when you were 22, you know, or maybe mm -hmm. you did, but it's just that most people don't have them until they're in their fifties. And in Chinese medicine, they mean that there's stagnation somewhere in your body, usually the kidney or the liver. That's by Chinese uh -huh. diagnosis. So for the clear, it's the kidney. If they're cloudy, it's, you know, or if they're clearly it's the liver is the cloudy, it's the um, kidney. You know, so you have these signs and symptoms like bloating is a sign and symptom. You don't pay attention to it. Pretty soon you have it all the time. And now you have irritable bowel syndrome, you know, or something else like that. Or, you know, you have a symptom like, you know, um, you know, for instance, um, let me just think of something quickly here. Uh, you have the symptom of like coughing or sneezing and you're thinking, oh, I'm getting a cold. When in actuality, you ate food that didn't digest very well. So mm -hmm. in, in Chinese medicine and also in acupuncture and kinesiology, you're going, oh, 
if someone came in like that, the first place I would check is their ileocecal valve. So the, there's signs and symptoms that build on top of each other, you know, and you don't know why, you know, and so, and then they, then they don't do anything about them. So it's paying attention to them. Like, you know, I got this situation. Why, why is that? Like, why, 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 why? Mm -hmm. And what, what, what can I do about it? And how can I go about doing it so that I can improve that situation? But that's why I call Grim Reaper syndrome, because those are things that usually end up to what I say boldly is an untimely death because mm. they take away from your breath of life and they take away from your choix de vie and your energy and all levels, you know, that mental, physical, emotional, spiritual thing. Yeah, no, that's valuable. And especially I think after this last year, this last 15, 16 months where people just weren't doing anything except avoiding getting COVID and they weren't taking care of a lot of the symptoms that they may have been experiencing or putting off going to a doctor or anything other than a COVID test. Well, so now's the time to start if you haven't been doing it. You know, if, if it's like, you know, my goal for people is to live their life so their life doesn't live them. So mm -hmm. that would mean even during COVID that, you know, you want to go out for a walk, go for a walk to stay six feet, you know, whatever it is that you need to stay away that you feel comfortable and safe. You know, it's a, it didn't mean to like stop living your life. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people gained weight. There's a lot of people who had more mental illness because they kept on ruminating about everything that they heard on the media, you know, at least for three hours a day. I mean, like there's, mm -hmm. I was someplace where in an Airbnb where somebody watched CNN in the morning, afternoon and night, you know? And so that's like way too much TV, especially mm -hmm. in that time and, you know, in time and day, you know, and, and it also taught people to be scared when you're in fear you're concentric in your pelvis and um tucks you know so you ever see the dogs when dogs are in fear like their tail goes underneath yeah. and then yeah. there's no motion right people walk the same way and there were so many people that i observed when i was walking around during covid you know mm. that had that you know they're moving as if they're one unit. When I see that chiropractically, I'm going, oh my God, they have double SI subluxation. <laughs> you know, oh, like, interesting. like, you know, and, and the cerebral spinal fluid is not moving up and down very well along the, and bathing the spinal cord. Okay. You know, and then you have people who have had things go on and the, the Grim Reaper things that they never paid attention to and suddenly they get COVID and they have no immune system anymore. Hmm. And they wonder like, well, what happened? It's just like, well, you weren't in good health to begin with, you know? And, and so, you know, and so playing that, that, you know, this, it, there's factors in it, but just basically speaking, you know, it's just like, you've got to take a look at the components that make that up. This has been fascinating talking to you. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like us to know? Well, I'd like you to know how to get a hold of me. <laughs> okay. Well, that I was going to share with everybody for sure. Yeah. So yeah, your website is... Health, sorry, is healthteamnetwork.com. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yep, healthteamnetwork.com. And so those will be in the show notes so people can find them. You're also on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. And then the name of your book is Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? And where can we find that anywhere? Anywhere, basically Amazon. Okay. You know, okay. and also, you know, I am giving a course um, that's called Be Stronger Than Medicine. I oh. did the same course in January, but I called it stronger than medicine. And it was my beta course, but I made it into uh, like, let's make sense 
and like do first things first and get the horse in front of the cart and let's talk about like where my health is what it is and what i can do and have really simplistic ways to think better feel better move better and have the breakthrough that you need so you get unstuck you know and you can go out and do that life that you want to do so that's in september and i will give you i'll send you the show like the show excuse me and the show notes you can put the link to register for that course if people are interested in that. okay That'd be great. Yeah. Okay. And so the link will be there. Is it also going to be on your website? If people went to your website, could they find it there? Um, it's not on my website at this point in time. I'm having my website updated. Okay. So, you know, if people want to reach out to me, if they go to my website, you know, and they, they on, this is very cool. On the front page of my website, it's my favorite thing about my website. Um, you know, other than the pictures, stuff like that. But this is my favorite thing. On the first page, when you open it up, if you scroll down, there's a microphone. And that microphone, you can tap on it and you can send me a message and I get it in my email. Those are great. You know, that's and great. I, and I love that because so if you're on this call to like you know, listening to our call today and talking, you're saying, I want to know more about that course. It's an easy way for you to get on my website, use that tool, you know, and say, you know, please send me the link for the course, you know, so and then I will have your email and I'll have your name. In, and then, you know, so that we can get you the information that you need and you can join us in the fall time. That is great. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. So, uh, again, this is Alternative Health Tools, and this is your host, Kim Shea. And we have been talking today with Dr. Pat Ballone, and she just has so much information. And if you go to her website at healthteamnetwork.com, again, the links will be in the show note. But she has a lot of information for you and her book, Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired, could be a tremendous tool for you to have in your library for maintaining your health and just being aware of everything that you are going through to help you with whatever doctor you choose to see. Thank you so much for your time today, You're welcome. Dr. Pat. Now I really, I really appreciate it. No, it was, it was so much fun. I'm glad we did it. Me too. Sure. Thanks.